Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> this is Return of the Pod. Right, sons, and welcome to Return of the Pod, a podcast about Star Wars and more, where we discuss and celebrate the movies, shows, books, comics, games, and effa-roughing else from the galaxy far, far away, and will occasionally journey to other galaxies. Every generation is a legend, every legend is a podcast, and this is ours. I am your host, Disgrace Jedi and Force Mystic Brian Silliman. Joining me are the greatest co-hosts in the galaxy, starting with former Force-sensitive Assassin's Guild member turned droids rights activist, Caitlin Bush. Hello there. And the smuggler with a not-so-secret heart of gold, Captain Matt Romano. Greetings. Now, guys, it's exciting times. We just passed <gasps> 19 years of a little movie called Attack <laughs> of the Clones. That 19? one. Yeah. You've never heard of that movie before. Years, uh. which, uh, 19 years, which we just passed it. So it's 19 years since everyone heard the, yep, heard round the world, <laughs> as well as we met the Kevin Owens for the first time. And 19 years later, we're still talking about these long neck spiffy pants people. They're more interesting than ever. Hell yeah. You remember, you remember the first time you, we walked into their room and it's pristine and nice and everything's clean? It's like, what is this? Yeah. What is happening? It didn't re- It was so weird. It didn't feel like Star Wars, but now it does after 19 years. Uh, but with us is our reprogrammed floating interrogator droid, AZ-00, also called a zoo. And I wanted to get his take on Attack of the Clones because he's got, he's got takes about everything. What's and, up, yeah. Baz? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what's your take on Attack of the Clones? What? Oh, um, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't seen it. Wait, huh. have, you have you haven't you haven't never seen Attack of the Clones? No, uh, I don't really see the point. Uh, but you know, I probably uh, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. What, uh, well, you're you're okay. as I'd like to point out that this is a podcast about. Star Wars, and that's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I thought you downloaded all the shows and you've been educating yourself on the whole thing. I hosted an entire episode about it in the old show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I skipped around that one. There was some stuff about a rat tail and a pear. I thought that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, That's my favorite part. But I didn't really know what you were talking about because I didn't watch the movie. I, I honestly don't understand half... The references, the old. I've never seen any of these movies. I just, I, I don't see the point. So you're talking about a uh, lightsaber and uh, Pong Krell and <laughs> and the Force, and I don't understand it because I've never seen the movies. But you know, uh, it's your personal choice. You, you do what you want to do. Okay. But so, but, but but we do we, you do you, all that stuff. Like you can't just take two hours to watch a, a movie. There's more than one movie, and there's more than one show. Well, and, you can know, start I've somewhere. Thing, I've got things to do and people to see, Matt. You know, so you only see us. Yeah, as... well, you don't leave here. Well, just, just creep so around know, you here. Don't know what I, you don't know what I do in my off time, so. You know, uh, what do you do? All right, uh, uh, this this is this 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 segment's going downhill. Azu, do you do you want to just for consistency? Do you want to do the catchphrase before you go? What's a catchphrase? You, you know, that something you say all the time that people associate with you. 
it sounds like low comedy to me. So, but you know, wow. if that's what you want, you know, you do you. All right, that itself that, was that the was, catchphrase. That was, that was the thing. Was it? Well, uh, I, all right, just Azu, leave. You're bye, you guys. Let me tell you, it's been it's been a week with him, and yeah, but what, what is what is he doing for you? I don't get. I don't get what is. It more will be revealed. Is. Let me just tell you right now, he is he is necessary. You know how in the beginning. You know, you would ask that about me, and you would say he's necessary. <laughs> I don't just trust me. There's another North con- Wing situation here. I'm con- sensing yeah, something. It, it is, and there's more stuff going on in there. And let's say there's dangerous things in there that mm. it's better to have a canary. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not uh, about sacrificing droids. No, I'm but, stepping yeah, in here yeah, now because oh, I'm not a can, I'm not a canary. But uh, you know, I'd look at a canary. And you know what I'd say to it? Be yellow, flap about, chirp, chirp. You do you. you <laughs> all know? right, uh, all right. Oh my God! That is so there's news, okay. right? There's news. Yeah, that we for the love yeah. of God, oh. we are recording on May 17th, 2021, and we have a new episode of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. To discuss, but before that, let's throw to Caitlin for some news on the march. News on the march. Why, thank you, Brian. Today we are going to talk pretty briefly about some news that we got on May 12th. Uh, so mm. a few days back from when May we're the recording 12th. here. May the 12th. You know the iconic <laughs> Star Wars day. <laughs> Big day. It, pro- it probably is at this point. <laughs> at, pro- at this point. Yeah. So uh, for a while, we knew that uh, the next Star Wars celebration was going to be happening in August, specifically August 18th, the 21st. In 2022, we got the news on May 12th that it will be occurring May 26th to 29th, 2022. So they moved it up to the mm. end of the, the May holiday star wars really is just claiming the entirety of may and they said bye justin timberlake this is ours yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you do it. with the timberlake reference of course the famous thing is it's gonna be may which is still going on it's gonna be may and now it's become this is the may so just to celebrate that it's uh to both of you this is the may this, this is, is the, the may, may? This is the May. And uh, who cares? You know what? Many boats. Many boats. Many boats. But the important thing is here, fans are already ravenous to be buying these tickets, and that shows that the interest is high. And let me ask you this, Caitlin, before we move on, because I know we got a, we got a lot to cover. But in terms of them moving the date up, them doing this at all, they usually do uh, a celebration. A big part of celebration are big reveals. You yeah, encountered absolutely. A, at least a trailer reveal, a show reveal. Think of what we've seen. We've always seen sequel trailers. We've seen that's where we learned about Thrawn and a Rebels mm. trailer coming back. Big things like that. Do you think it's tied to? It's going to be tied to some kind of big reveal? Like finally, here's what Tyka's doing. Here's a taste. Something mm. like that. I would hope so. I, th- I would hope that we'd we'd get a, a big trailer, a big announcement. Obviously, the next year to ten years are going to be huge in Star Wars. Um, and, and then I also think, you know, uh, they don't want it to maybe fall between uh, San Diego and New York Comic Con, which happened respectively mm. in July and October. So maybe they're moving it to be one of the first things that we see uh. of the year. At, at this point, between Celebration and their Disney investor calls and D23, they don't need those <laughs> other things. No. And they don't. They can just sit them out. They really honestly can just do the investor call. And I feel like that was a celebration unto yep. itself. 
It was like, no, 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 boo It's like, uh, convention, how about an investor call? And that ended up being... That was fun. That was a lot Anything could happen. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll be monitoring this situation just with laser accuracy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. We're just gonna, we're, you can count on us to be on top of it. But with that, we're going to charge back into Star Wars The Bad Batch. They call themselves The Bad Batch. Now we're going to discuss and celebrate the Kark and Criff out of this new episode. For new canon reveals, we have our canon canon. If we have hot takes along the way, we'll sound the hot take alarm. And if anything really blew our minds, we'll let loose with a seismic mind charge. Now, this episode has only been out for a few days. It's located on Disney Plus right now, but we don't want to spoil it for you in case you haven't gotten to it yet. So be warned that we are about to get into severe spoiler territory, and for good measure, our old friend, it's me. That's ah. right, the client. I'll be your client for the spoiler klaxon. I will sound it woo-woo on my magical train of spoilers. Come on, we're going to go and build the baby and put them in the fireman outfit to watch Backdraft when we get back and imagine Yoda baby a backdraft, yo, the backdraft. It's going to be great. What is that, Caitlin and Bush? There's a clear order in which you should watch Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 3, and then listen to our podcast. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, get out of here, Dewey. Here we go again. Punch it. Good soldiers follow orders. Cavalry has arrived. Star Wars The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 3, released on May 14th. 2021, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, written by Matt Miknovitz, story editor, also Matt Miknovitz. So he's stepping up and writing the whole episode. Mm. The title of this episode, Replacements. A simple title, but there are multiple meanings. We've got replacement parts, potentially, mm-hmm. as a ship is repaired, replacement members of a team slash family, replacements for capable troopers that have already proved themselves but may not be cost-effective, even replacing a bed in exchange for sleeping on the floor. All kinds of replacements going on in this episode. Now, this episode really goes half and half, following two storylines that complement each other, but they don't intersect, which is not new for a Star Wars show, but you don't see it all the time, at mm-hmm. least on Clone Wars. It's it's not, they always intersect at some point, and for this, it's part of a longer arc, so that's interesting. Now, uh, we're going to go through them both separately, one at a time, instead of going back and forth. Because that's just how I feel like doing it. Yeah, it makes sense. We've got, yeah, keep it I simple. Mean, yeah, yeah keep, keep it simple. Keep it safe. Stop, drop, and roll. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop, drop, and now, roll. <laughs> we got, we've got what's going on with it, with it, with our main men in the batch and Omega. And then we get a good catch up with Crosshair. Crossfire. You'll get caught up in it. Oh, Crosshair. You'll get caught up in him. Um, and I'm just going to say this right now. You know, it's not his fault. And I, I feel really bad for him. No, anyway. it's, it's more like a sad crosshair. It's like crosshair. You get caught up in his, in the tears of cross, cross, hair. You cross, hair, cross, hair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Between those two things, what do you guys say we start with the batch? Yeah, let's do the batch. Let's 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 start with the batch. The bad batch. Heard of them? Now, rations are low, so Omega pulls a Sam Gamgee and offers hers to Wrecker 
Because he's really, she's just that nice. Isn't yeah. that sweet? Yep. And he's the ship sweet. on the whole needs repairs, which gives me some Razor Crest feelings. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's that episode. It's Ooh. These are these are what you'd never see in the movies. It's okay. Tech, however, is thinking less about the ship and a little more about locating their chips. And I'm not talking about Tostitos. I'm talking about the ones <laughs> in their head. Yes. They may not have worked on this group, but it seems like he wants them out anyway. And I'm just going to say right now, I think that's a good thing because one one thing in this episode that we see happen a couple times is Wrecker having a headache. Out of mm-hmm. nowhere. What's wrong with you? Uh, I must have hit my head in a crash. That has me. It's like after the ship kind of crashes or whatever, but they've crashed before. He didn't really didn't get banged up or anything. No. Yeah. So. He's like he's like that that one watch that takes a licking and keeps on going. That <laughs> yeah. was the exact phrase in the ads. Yeah, I think so. Now, yeah. It, you know, you can yeah. beat this watch against a rock. It keeps on ticking. <laughs> and they said it that way because it rhymed. But with Wrecker, this ongoing headache has me worried. And so this is a question. I'm going to start with you, Caitlin and Bush. Do mm. you think that I, I f- pretty much have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but do you think this is just a crash-related headache or is it related to the chip? I think it's related to the chip, Brian. Oh. And I think we're going to maybe – I hope that they get that uh, that tracker figured out soon because otherwise I have a bad feeling that our boys are going to be in some hot water here. You have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling about the Bad Batch. Yeah. Now, okay, Matt Romano, Caitlin and Bush is a bad feeling about this, feeling bad about uh, about the whole batch, specifically our man Wrecker, your favorite character. Thoughts? Concerns? What uh, are they? Let's hear them. I've got a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about okay. this. Quiet. Oh. Um, I have to say, I, I think we've got like a, a, a raging Hulk situation. Like we're going to have like, a, you know, he's going to just maybe his chip's going to activate. He's going to freak out and it's going to be the batch versus wrecker. You're saying it's, we potentially have an upcoming RHS. RHS. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Raging oh, Hulk that's situation. That's the last thing we need. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we have an RHS. Yep. But I agree <laughs> with the both of you. This whole time, every time he felt his head and felt his headache, I'm like, uh-oh, it's chip business. I'm mm-hmm. nervous. Let's meet up with Rex sooner rather than later so he can show you how to get that out. It's nice, nice that they don't work, but why don't we just take that out of your heads? Yeah. Let's, not, let's not take the chance. I thought yeah. we'd be all agreed on that, and we are. But especially, do, th- let me ask you this also, now that I'm on it. Do you think that... Out of all, out of our friends in the batch, the one it hits, we're most worried because it's Wrecker. Say if it was Tech who's having headaches, would we be, we'd be worried, but would we be as worried? Not as worried. I also think that we've talked about this too, in that Wrecker has this, this childish simplicity to him. And I think maybe because he might be a little less resistant to that kind of influence, to any sort of outside influence because of his innocence, that worries me even more. He's also somebody who's going to probably like have his arm ripped off and just like, oh, walk it off. But yeah. now he's 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 got a headache. Yeah. You know, usually he pops a bottle of, of, you know, space Advil. He's fine. He's like suffering here and he's not a guy who shows that he got he got we saw him get shot in the chest mm-hmm. and get up and be like, oh, it ain't no thing. Yeah. They, they remind him of that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that hurt. He shot you. Remember? Ha! I sure do. That hurt. 
he almost forgets the pain. Yeah, you know? and and he's just looking for the next mimosa brunch, hoping that'll take the edge <laughs> off, and it's not going to. Uh, but so it's a good idea to get them out. Anyway, they end up crashing. Like I said, it's Omega's first crash landing. It's always the first time. Um, say what you want, but they're always memorable. Whatever Ahsoka <laughs> said about that. Um, amidst amidst this, they find Crosshair's weapons stash on board. Wrecker misses him. Omega yeah. tells them again, look, what's happening is with him is not his fault. It's what the chips were designed to do. And after we, she says that, we cut directly to Crosshair himself, but we'll get to that. And that's something she, Omega has to remind them several times in this episode. It's like, look, it's not him. Mm-hmm. And we know it's not because it's, it's the chip. And it's also the extreme torturous conditioning they then added on to him. Yeah. So- you look back at at the original crosshair before the triggering in the original season seven. He was a delight. He wasn't this microaggression dude. Yes, he was. <laughs> I, I watched a couple scenes and I'm like, see, that's there's my man. I think he's a new epitome of the tragedy of the clones, but we'll get to it oh, okay. anyway. Tech and Echo were on ship repairs outside the ship. Echo finds empty pods where something is hatched. And for a second, Caitlin, I thought they were going to do again. Speaking of the passenger, I thought they were going to do a, a Grogu alien situation. Same. Here. Mm. But they don't. Whatever it was has stolen the ship's capacitor. Matt, uh, you know what that's like. I mean, this seems to happen all the time. I mean, to us, to everyone in Star Wars, I mean. Taking capacitors. Taking capacitors, taking wings off, you know, taking their engines. Bro, I'm know. part of the problem because I find, I see one that's not mine. I just take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I assume this is unwanted. Scavengers. Uh, <laughs> I'm just rules. going to take it. Yeah, yeah. Scavenger. You're a scavenger? Yeah. Uh, are you a spice runner? We could do, we could do this all day. <laughs> um, an Ordo Moon Dragon stole it. They find out. And these things feed on raw energy. As far as I can tell, this is a new Star Wars creature. I've never heard of this creature before. And I did some research and I, I, I didn't see anything where this has been mentioned before. So it's not a big, stupid Star Wars monster, but it is a stupid, stupid Star, Star Wars, Wars monster, monster with a very particular appetite for a certain kind of camping gear. I and it ate a pocket knife. So for the Ordo Moon Dragon, cannon, cannon, fire. <laughs> Presumably not named after Candace Ordo, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he didn't, you know, give birth to this anyway. Legends fans will love that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Because of Wrecker's headache, which again could be because of the crash, but we don't think so. Omega makes a case to be on the team to go get the capacitor back and they just they protest it a little bit but end up relenting because it and then Hunter's just, like yeah sure kid yeah. come on this dangerous mission with me <laughs> at first she's like maybe it's not a good idea and she's like but I really want to he's like well you put it like that okay <laughs> he's like alright <laughs> it probably yeah, just saves time because they're like okay we can waste time doing this we got a capacitor to save we've got to go get the capacitor yeah. uh, that was terrible Hunter tracks oh, and Hunter's doing his tracking thing and once again Omega is mimicking so cute cute you get the feeling matt let me ask you this do you have the feeling that omega is not just mimicking but actually learning never take your eyes off omega in this show Mm -hmm. because um not to spoil a moment that comes later but like when she's on the ship earlier in the show and she's kind of just hanging out she she's playing with the uh the breathing mask with the uh the oxygen mask and she's just turning it on and off and she's just like learning like she's always like observing what's around her, and like that, and that moment comes back later because she needs yep. to learn how to use her mask, you know. Yep. 
Agreed. Like, what's her what's her enhancement? It's yeah. it's I, absorbing. It's this curiosity. Information. Yeah. Do you think that's actually what it is? There's some kind of absorbing I osmosis yeah. thing going yeah. on with her. And this goes back to our whole idea of like maybe she's all of the batch and she's just kind of like absorbing everyone's power. She's gonna be the best of them. She's gonna be the best of all of them. Not only all of the batch, but maybe yep. all yeah. of the clones. What would happen if you put her in front of a Jedi or a Force user? Well, if she stays with the Batch and they stay non-Order 66, then maybe (laughs) they'd be a good friend. I don't know. What would happen if you put her in front of an Ewok? Question for (laughs) another time. Anyway, she says again, look, once again, it bears repeating. You shouldn't be angry at Crosshair. He can't help it. He's And Hunter's not. Hunter is angry at himself for leaving him behind. So Hunter's got a lot Mm. of self-guilt going. He's the his real power. His official power is tracking. But if you look lower on the on the trading card, it says insane <laughs> self as his his, his hidden special skill. Now, do you think because of all this talk of crosshair and chips and everything, I am just kind of assuming this, but I want to get your take that they're setting up, if not a season arc, it's gonna something that's going to happen on this show. Once they get their chips out, they've got to go get crosshair and get his chip out. They're not going to, it's not, the goal isn't to kill him. They're going to save him because Star Wars. I hope that will be the goal. I think that will be the goal, but I don't trust Dave Filoni with my heart. Um, (laughs) So I think that will be the goal, whether that is the result. We'll see. Matt Romano, thoughts? I don't know. It's tough. We we definitely have a slow burn going and it's like, it's it's not a very obvious, uh, you know, where this is going. It's not very obvious where this is going. Um, but I, I, there's obviously something going on with Wrecker's head. There's some, there's more talk about the chip in every single episode. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see how it doesn't go there. It, yeah. It's so, cause they're not just going to go and kill him. No, they're not going to find him and kill him. No. Even if they find him again, they're going to try and save him. Yeah. Because that's, that's so, that's, that's so much redemption. They're brothers. Saving. Yeah, exactly. Not leaving him behind, not leaving him behind in a tear-filled wasteland. Crosshair, you'll so, get and, caught and, up in the... Whether they're successful in saving him <laughs> is another story, and whether one of them gives their life in order to save him and put that guilt on him, that's for another time. Again, I think you're bang on, Caitlin, where you say you don't trust Dave Filoni. Rather, <laughs> nope. we, do tr- we do trust him, but... We I know, know he's going to hurt me. Yeah. Of. Yeah. yeah. Now, Hunter finds the capacitor and then is attacked and knocked out by the moon dragon. Others aren't coming because the comms are all jammed. So Omega takes Hunter's blaster and goes to find the thing herself. And she succeeds. It attacks Omega, but then it stops and instead eats her flashlight. <laughs> and that's, I guess, all it needs. And it's content. So this Ordo moon dragon if you need to ward it off, just give it a flashlight to eat. Did I miss sure. something or is no. that what it is? No, that's what it is. No, it, it's a, uh, it feeds on energy. Yeah. It's an energy. Right. It's an energy source. Yeah. But it eats the, fl- it eats a flashlight. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Fully. And, and who among us hasn't, I'm just saying, but that's it's been a long year, yeah. you know? Yeah. Now I want to, there's probably a clone <laughs> called flashlight in the ranks. Anyway, oh, definitely. Uh, now, definitely. now she takes the capacitor <laughs> and goes back to Hunter. The ship is repaired and they take off. Wrecker though, has a surprise for Omega. And I think it's in the awards for cutest surprise. She's just been sleeping on the floor of the ship. Yeah. Is what we get. She's Against a gong sleeping droid. on the floor. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't look that comfortable. Looks like you, you couldn't afford a Serta or a Sealy or 
What's going on here? But not anymore. <laughs> Wrecker made her a little room, including his Tuca doll Lula yep. in there. She's never had her own room before and has a little bed in it, and she loves it, and she says it's perfect. No. Caitlin and Bush, thoughts on Wrecker making Omega her own room? I, I, my heart is so full. I love this child <laughs> so much. Um, and the fact that Wrecker gave her his doll too is that's everything to me. Like that tells you that he really does see her as like, she's part of the family. Yeah. Matt Romano, action figure enthusiast who's always very possessive about <laughs> dolls and figures. It's yeah. no small thing to give this kid a doll. is it? Absolutely not. I think, you know, uh, you know, uncle Wrecker came out in this moment, you know, he, he really like learned a lesson earlier in the episode when he was with the rations and uh, it kind of clicked for all for him that like, you know, he's like the big brother now, maybe not uncle Wrecker, like a bigger brother. Uh, in this group, you know, it's a selfless thing of her to do. And yeah. so I, I don't know. So, some people are, are, are already disliking Omega because it is another Star Wars child. Oh, and it is come on. Another thing like this and a found family dynamic. But so is all of Star Wars. That's I just think she's similar to other characters we've had, but she's she's also different in enough yeah. ways where I find it enjoyable. And I'm just very intrigued as mm. to what's going to happen in this specific kind of dynamic we just haven't seen before. And something about the making her, it's the giving him the rations at the beginning and him giving her her own room at the end. It's like, he's growing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just kind, he's already kind, but just even more kind. It's a nice thing to do. Um, And I, I think, I, I think tech is too involved in what's going on. Echo is too involved with, the business hunters too involved with the self guilt. The only one who's going to think about this and take his mind off his headache is Wrecker. Yeah, it's, yeah. Maybe the kid shouldn't be sleeping on the ground. Also, I, I think this is all another sign here that like things might not be good for Record in the coming future. It's like they're really going out of the way to make Wrecker very likable, and yeah. he is yeah. doing the nice things. Okay, and okay. They're ready to okay. tear him away from so, you, you know? Yeah. So just in case you already don't love him, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> yeah, have him do exactly. a whole bunch of more things that you do love. So when it comes yep. time for him to die, you're gonna be thinking of this little room that he made. And it's yeah. like, do we and have And then you're going to like, cry. It's like, yeah, you had us a year ago with the bad, but it's like, so it's like, we're good. Yep. But Dave Filoni's like, ah, no, no, you're not. <laughs> Wrecker's head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Omega's little room, Wrecker's headache, ongoing chip drama, and more of Hunter's guilt. Cannon, cannon, fire. <laughs> Omega sits on her new bed, happy as anything as the episode ends, but another character ends the episode sitting on his bed and is not happy at all. Mm-mm. Let's check in with Crosshair over on the other storyline of the week. Now we're on Camino. What do you know? And it turns out <laughs> AZ is briefly back. So he's not destroyed. He wasn't shot dead. Thank so goodness. he's still around. And, and I will not repeat the full name, Caitlin. Don't worry. Of course, uh, Crosshair is enjoying his new Imperial life as much as he enjoys anything. He's got guns and his imperial life. Those are the two things he likes. Nala Say and Tarkin discuss his condition as our new imperial flunky, here he comes, Vice Admiral Rampart shows up in the flesh. Now, he, he we talked about this a little in the last episode, but him staking his ground oh, and territory man. live in this one pretty much for me sent cements that he's going to be the flunky of this show, at least until... Tarkin or somebody kills him for incompetence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's how they all go eventually. 
Yeah. But he's for now the double K Constantine of the show. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think Crosshair is going to be the one to kill him. Ooh, I I would. Let, how, how do you? How would you want him to do it? I ask as a dungeon master. It's like if you're playing Crosshair, it's like yeah. saying, "Oh, it's you steal the death blow. How do you kill so, him? How do you? How do you know? <laughs> I think that the team will succeed in freeing Crosshair, and in a very dark moment of vengeance, that's when we'll see him in Crosshair's. Crosshairs, if you will, <laughs> and then it'll just be a, a thudding noise as his body hits the ground. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind <laughs> like of. It. He'd probably love to <laughs> yeah. focus that on Tarkin, but Tarkin has to go and appear in Rebels Rogue. There's One other in a new things home. he has so, to do. You know, he's got other things on his canon time card, which mm-hmm. is why I, th- I feel like he leaves in this episode, and we're left with Rampart. In terms of Rampart, we've got two special guests here that have. That have a pro and con. They have differing views on on Vice Admiral Rampart. First off, Harrison Ford, what's your take <laughs> on on Vice Admiral Rampart and learning more about him? Um, I don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, quick counterpoint, Caitlin's mom. What do you think? <laughs> I would like to see more of that character. Okay, wow. this well, is the, the, the debate of a century. A de- yeah, it's 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 real hot there. They, yeah, they're they're on equal footing too. If I, I, I personally, I agree more with with Caitlin's mom, uh, pretty much because I love flunkies. Anyway, yeah. Tarkin is very happy with all of Rampart's. Excuse me, but there's no other way to say this chain code <laughs> that we saw in the last episode. <laughs> Whatever that stuff, I remember it, but it's like you know that that stuff. Yeah, your chain code. Yeah, he also brings up something called quote unquote Project War Mantle, which we've never heard, and I don't think. It's the Imperial Holiday Party. I think it's nefarious. What? From a guy named Rampart? Yeah. <laughs> no way. It's got war in the title? Yeah. Right. It's like, well, a war on Life Day? Who knows? Who knows what they're planning? <laughs> it probably has something to do with the em- Empire soldiers, who they're actually going to be, clones, enhanced clones, conscripts, who will bear the war mantle, or is it the next iteration of Don Cheadle in the MCU? And this is a crossover event. Time will tell. It also could be just something else that we don't know about. But the conscripts versus clone debate. If you thought you had enough of it in the premiere, get ready for round two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> it keeps going. I love it. Give me more of it. I love it. Yeah. And, and so they keep reiterating the same points. And I'm like, You're, this debate is going nowhere, yet I can't get enough of it. Same, this cir- same, the circular same. structure. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's somebody needs to step in. It's like, um, we are making no progress. So somebody needs Now. As I said, it continues. Rampart is all team conscript because he is totally Imperial Company man. And he doesn't think a vast engagement like the one they're looking at is something clones can do alone. So he says there are other ways of producing loyal soldiers, Mm. which probably means cheaper ways. Also, were the clone was the clone wars not a vast engagement? Yeah. I mean, as far as we know, it was pretty vast. I mean, there was uh, seven seasons uh, of battles from what I saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Wars, wars plural. <laughs> yeah. And a movie, a couple of movies. A couple movies, yeah. There were some movies, there were <laughs> dolls. Lunch boxes. There was a Pez dispenser. There was a fanny pack. Candy tongues. So, like, that was pretty much vast. That was pretty vast, if you ask me. So, I don't know, Rampart. He then presents an elite squad of conscripts trained from across the galaxy, all with black armor-like crosshair. 
the Death Trooper looking armor that we remarked on last mm. week. Why have they signed up for this? We meet the not the head of this the head of the squad is end up going to be Crosshair, but New Trooper ES one played by Emilio Garcia Sanchez sums it up. And here's what he says. Here's why he's there. With the Empire, I get paid, I get fed, and I have a roof over my head. That's more than the Republic ever did for me. I'm just like, he says that and said, oh, ain't nothing bad going to happen to him. (laughs) Nope. It's like, could you get more cliches in there? A roof over my head. I was surprised you didn't. They said they put food on the table. (laughs) I always, I'm like, what table? What what, ta- what what table? It's like I put like I, I feed my kids. What why yeah. why is a table involved in this? I've never understood that. Question for another time, Matt. You and I will get into okay, that. Okay, good. So Tarkin, Rampart, and Lama Sue are watching, always watching, and we have Lama Sue debating Rampart, saying, "Our clones have been trained since creation. We're good at this." Rampart's comeback says, "Yeah, well, you can teach skills. It's the loyalty of." Where the value is, right, Matt? It's loyal. Yeah, it's just so stupid. I'm sorry. It's so dumb. Like the clones just keep cloning them. I don't know. But like- here's, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's. So he's like, okay, we'll teach them skills. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. But it's the loyalty they want. But they also want it cheap. They want unflinching loyalty. That do whatever you do. Yeah. So if I'm like Caitlin, light your feet on fire right now. You're like, already, Rue, and you just do it. And, and then, I'm not going to pay you anything. <laughs> and then down the line, though, you still get the and we'll get into this. But the the fact that they are thinking that the clones aren't the right answer to that. They want someone who's loyal. You have people who are literally programmed yeah. to be loyal to They're you. They're coming off an assembly right. line. I mean, well, come on. It's a very good point. And we find and even so it's well, droids are also completely loyal. And, you know, mm-hmm. you have access to make it a whole bunch of those. And those are cheap, too. But you're, you're absolutely right with the clones. But the thing is, we as we find out, yes, that line is being more and more diluted. But there, there are ways. The cl- I'm sure the Kaminoans are, or would be very happy to discuss the options with I them. I mean, who was, who was Omega cloned from? It's, like, clearly that one has a nice strain there. I'm sure that'll be... I doubt we'll f- learn more about that throughout the entire season. No. I don't know if you're right, Caitlin Bush. I think we're going to find out. <laughs> no, hopefully it's not zero. <laughs> it's oh, time. No. Well, you never know, Matt Romano. Oh, she no. could be a human female version of little old, old, old zero. Okay. And you never know where it's going to Now it's time for a Tarkin test. It's Tarkin's crappy SATs, and he's sending this bunch of kooky conscripts, spelt both Ks, oh. to Onderon, led by Crosshair, to do what the Batch couldn't do in the premiere, kill Saw Gerrera and his group okay. for good. Okay. Now, Tarkin doesn't say it that way, but if I was but, in the show, that's would say, okay. go to Onderon, kill Saw Gerrera. And all of the rest of them. But, but, but why didn't it saw like? Wouldn't it saw have left right away? I mean, he did, but like, what would you find he's out? He's got but, like, that grandma, you know. and he's got some kids, and <laughs> I just, you know, they're, they're still there. Tarkin's, Get out of there. Tarkin's taking no chance. Yeah, exactly. He's like, we're gonna pack up and move on to about a mile away from here. Don't tell <laughs> anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's on to run. It's got jungle. But as we find out, they're all ready for it. Es One is all about this. 
Mm-hmm. Can't wait for this. My first mission. They attack a small section <laughs> of Saw's people. It's <laughs> Fisher Price. My first genocide. They attack a small section of Saw's people and they win handily. This mm-hmm. isn't even close. The battle is over. Crosshair interrogates a woman about where Saw is because Saw's not here. Saw's off. Yeah, and, see, he's gone. Uh, a mile away. Yeah, he's a mile away. Yep. He's, he's like probably very close <laughs> watching writing down yeah. a transcript oh, I hate of everything this empire. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're so I bad. I, I really hope I don't get genocidal over things like this. You came to kill me! Anyway, she refuses to say where Saw is, so Crosshair shoots her in the face immediately. Oof. I didn't think he'd go that far that fast, but that's what Crosshair, bam, has become. He then makes ready to kill them all. And these are innocents now. They're subjugated they've lost yeah. civilians and a couple of them are like we just want to get off this planet we're not even involved exactly. in this it's like look put a, put us in jail lock us up we'd prefer that because you probably put food on the table and we're not getting that here it's under on rats and stuff es1 <laughs> stops having fun and starts getting real where crosshair's like all right kill them all it's like all right wait what um these are civilians sir they're our orders aren't to execute innocents, so we'll bring them in. We're not executioners. It's like, surely that's what you meant when you said kill them all. It's a common misconception. <laughs> right? Right, Crosshair? Disney XD, we'll be right back. That was, in fact, not what he meant. But now, I don't know about you guys. Did you guys have a little uh, a little feeling of Force Awakens, the opening when Finn opened fire and Finn doesn't fire? Yes. It, yeah. Not as extreme as that, but you guys have a sense of that, right? Yeah. You, you, Caitlin, you're saying yes, you did? Mor- morality, like morality that all of a sudden breaks through in the middle of this, this horror show that's right. going on. Yeah. So right here, here's a reason why uh, a strike, if you, if you want the kind of army the Empire is looking for, here's a strike against conscripts because they have a conscience, mm-hmm. if you yep. will. And they can't be programmed or anything like that. Crosshair's response. Well, they can be conditioned, I guess, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Crosshair's response to ES1. He's like, okay. You want to know why they put me in charge? It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done. They also put a chip in my head and tortured the crap out of me. And I can't disobey if even if I wanted to. He doesn't say that whole thing. He only says the first part of that. <laughs> but he goes, Pew. But ultimately, yeah, he's like, you make some good points, but here, here's, uh, here, here's my, my retort. <laughs> and, and just shoots, shoots ES1 in the face and thus ends the illustrious imperial career of ES-1. <laughs> still didn't see it coming. Very surprised. I don't know. Didn't Matt, see it coming. Do you, do you still miss him? Do you still miss ES-1? <laughs> I do. Poor it's guy. Just days. wanted a roof you, over his head, you know? And you wanted food, food on, on the, the table. table. <laughs> this is what it's about. Food on the table, Matt. Cake in the mailbox, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a Caitlin, it's been a couple days since you, you, you met and then lost ES-1 and his cake in the mailbox. Are you over it yet? <laughs> I will never be over this atrocity, Brian. You'll never be over the death no. of ES1. No, of course not. Why would I? Worse than worse than 99? Yeah, of course. No, I can't no no, I can't even I can't even pretend that. No, that's, that's not even that's not even that's not even a joke. That. Yeah, that's not even a joke about that. Talk about someone who always had food on the table. 99. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, man. Now after ES1 gets shot in the face single tear, good soldiers follow orders. Finish the mission. Which means now Kill them kill all. Them. And they do. 
because there is now you're in a situation. Kill these innocents, or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Not fair, is it, Matt Romano? No, it's not. <laughs> and it's, it's not uh, an impossible situation. It's not. Yeah, no. Is this? I have a quick question. Is this the most violent show in all of Disney history? Is Star Wars the most violent thing that Disney yeah, puts oh, out? Yeah. yeah. No. A- anybody that says that. Star Wars under Disney has lost its violent streak just because no, we didn't see no. any hands or arms really get cut off in the sequel trilogy. Well, welcome to this animated show where two people in rapid succession get shot in the face. One yeah, of them yeah. gets shot in the face because he refuses to shoot other people in the face. Civilians, yeah. Unless you Civ- count yeah. Rapunzel smacking people with a frying pan entangled as like the most violent thing that you'll see in Disney history. Like... Do those people die? Did it have long-term I don't know. Damage? Some people we didn't see get up. I don't know. It's true. Matt, Caitlin's saying some of those Rapunzel victims, they weren't getting back up. Thoughts on this? <laughs> they didn't get up. Is Rapunzel Come a murderer? Rapunzel, that, that, yes. She Did is. they have it coming? <laughs> yeah. They yeah. had it coming. Never no, trust somebody with long hair. That long a hair. You know? Hey, That's true. I really like that movie. Okay, <laughs> it's a great so movie. watch it. I will use this. I, I think that was such a great record. It's a anyway, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It really is. It's quite yeah. good. Okay, so a bunch of innocents saws people get gunned down after they were defeated. Things like this probably lead to Saw being more extreme. Mm-hmm. And here he's like, yeah. yeah. Opening of this, he's like, you got to choose your own way. Cut to a few years after this, and he's like, are you here to kiss? Not much of me left. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. You've had quite a time. And I think Sea Empire... It's stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Here's what you don't do to make yeah. things yeah. worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So back on Camino, Crosshair sa- uh, says Saul was gone. But good news, everyone else that, w- that we, s- we found is dead. <laughs> we we didn't even know everybody. if they were with yeah. him or not. We just killed a lot of people. So great news all around, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Fantastic. success. Yeah. They note that there's one trooper less than there were when they left. And Rampart says, it's natural to be expected. Who cares? So he's dissing our main man. He has one. Tarkin is also pleased. The new squad has followed through where his brethren did not. Rampart, they're both seeing potential. And I think they're both seeing dollar signs. And also probably more more people getting shot (laughs) knowing these guys. Tarkin and Rampart have a little side convo where Tarkin says the clone trooper program is a cost prohibitive relic of the I can't do it. I can't roll my R's, so I can't do a proper Tarkin. Until the time is right, it will continue to serve a purpose. Okay, so we're in a holding pattern. We're still we're playing a long game here. Tarkin leaves, putting all of this in Rampart's mailbox to figure out. And there's also cake in there, so it's jammed. There's <laughs> publisher's clearinghouse day as well at the Rampart house. Matt, where now, did this come from? I don't from? know. I don't know. It's not a thing people say. I, it's, it is now. I love it. Um, and I the thing it. is, once other people start saying it, you can yeah, stop saying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I want some cake in the mailbox. That's all I ask. Oh, boy. Man. That's all I'm asking well, here for. we go. It sounds like, I, it sounds like I, I'm going to need a fanny pack with that on it. Put some cake in that mailbox. Many boats. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, and because Tarkin has, as we said, has other canon stuff to go and do in the timeline, I'm guessing that Rampart is now going to be the big Imperial presence on this series with Tarkin popping in and out as needed. We have a very special episode. We need to up the stakes. Yeah. I think it's going to be here comes Tarkin shuttle. Who's in trouble I like now? That. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think we're going to get Vader because Vader has stuff going on here. He's 
finding a lightsaber, hunting down Jedi, getting the Inquisitors in order, is, yeah, at least in terms busy. of the comics, he's got canon yeah. stuff going on. And also, let's save him. We don't want to overuse him, right? No. As much I'd as like I'd to see him to... from a distance, like or on, a, on a, yeah. a screen or something, you know? It's like, yeah. It, it's okay to not use him. I'm saying that now, and then in two episodes, we're going to be like, where is he? I want him. But <laughs> Wrecker versus Vader, go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> they don't do it. It sucks. He's going to show up, and we're all going to be like, that was genius. <laughs> we love you, Dave Filoni. So I've been saying, Caitlin, for how long have I been saying they got to put him on the show? I'm yeah, famous man. for saying that. <laughs> Forever. Um, so Lama Sue and Nala Say also have a side talk about how they're in a holding pattern and they've got their own little thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, we can have secrets too, and we'd be very <laughs> happy to keep them from you. Nala Say mentions that the original clone genetic material from Django Fett continues to degrade. Mm. So we have to we have to remember, not only do they have primo clone DNA here, remember what we just learned about Django Fett in The Mandalorian, that he actually was Mandalorian, raised by Mandalorians, fought with Mandalorians, and for a time instructed all of these clones in combat that was kind of adapted from Mandalorian combat. So not only do you have clones that are really compliant with Order 66, you've got clones with a little bit of Mando in them. And here comes Rampart says, yeah, those skills can be learned. (laughs) Yeah. What an idiot. You're an idiot, Rampart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You heard it from Matt, the direct quote. Hey, Rampart, you're an idiot. idiot. Get yeah, out of here, him. nerd. Drag him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Show Thank him. You. Thanks. Show your face around here, Rampart. In terms of, of the, the wonderful actor who plays you, however, you're welcome. Anytime. He's very We'd good. love yes, to have you. Yep, no, it was excellent. He's excellent. Yeah. Excellent actor. Excellent, very, excellent very good. Actor. Yeah. Wonderful. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. Wonderful. We know this. We know this. We know this. <laughs> we know this. this. We know this. We know this. So they're having the, the Kaminoans are having their, their, their Kaminoan committee meeting, again, both with K's. And they t- they drop that Django Fett thing. And then they have one of those now famous cryptic Kaminoan exchanges. That is, again, perfect to talk about 19 years after we first met these long neck MFs. Then it is time to begin the next phase. If your experiment can yield a superior clone, it will secure our relationship with this empire. I thought it was interesting he says this empire. It's like, do you think it's, Matt, do you think he's saying with this empire, this, and it's the thing is with this new empire or our relationship with this empire? We're secure with those other ones, but with this one. <laughs> I think they are they're just neutral. They're just like they like republics come come and go, empire, whatever. They just want to make some clones and makes that that's the word sweet is missing is new. I, yeah. for a second yeah. the way he said it, I'm like, okay, are there other ones you're dealing like, with? The Zimbire thing. This, this <laughs> Who thing. knows? Yeah, it's like okay. Nala say then says such a contingency. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> red flag can't warn anyone from making a tragic mistake without a red flag red <laughs> flags for sale <laughs> get your red flags uh no sand comes with them will be i don't know i don't even know what that is uh, anyway such a contingency can't be created without a direct source the specific clones they require for this contingency will not return willingly, to which Lama Su says, yeah, well, they're Kaminoan property, and we only need one. Our survival hinges on it. So here's a question. Caitlin M. Bush, who are the required clones that they are going to send Fennec Shan to go and capture? Uh- <laughs> 
You slipped that right in there, didn't I mean, you? I, we know they love bounty hunters, so I'm just assuming you know, that that's how they're going to do Yeah, That would be but, fantastic. But who do you think that the specific, I mean, there's some obvious things here. To do. What, what do you think I, some of the obvious standouts are? I, I really do think that it's Omega, because I think having her allowing her to go along with the Bad Batch, and we know, or we quote unquote know, we think, theorize, that if she is absorbing all of their knowledge, if that's something that can be genetically transferred, mm -hmm. she will be a, one of the most powerful beings we've seen in a long time outside of a Jedi in the Star Wars universe. But then to be able to take that and clone it and create another army of like super clones who are all basically uh, members of the Bad Batch themselves with all of their skills is just unparalleled. They're, they're bigger, faster, funnier. Yeah. The, the, they better check her head for a chip too because yeah. they can, she can grow into this adapting murderous and then they go order 67 and she just starts gunning down. It's they better check for that. Yeah. She, yeah. The first time Omega says, Oh, I'm having a headache. I'm like, no. Okay. Like this. What do they do? What do they do to the winter soldier? It's like roadblock ice child. <laughs> you know, cake, mailbox, ice, tiles, cake, cake mailbox. mailbox. There we go. And she activates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right, though, right? One of them is Freight Car. Freight Car, right. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> so, for ongoing Kamido drama, the death of a conscript, deaths of Saw's people, Tarkin's departure, Project War Mantle, whatever that is, whatever this Kaminoan contingency is, red flags left and right, and everything else, cannon, cannon, fire! <laughs> Crosshair's new squad is in the Batch's barracks. He enters and he clocks the tally on the wall, as well as their skull sigil, sigil rather. Mm -hmm. And then he sits in his bunk, miserable. Yeah. It is the opposite of Omega. This is not a brand new big girl bed. <laughs> no, no. He has. This, this is a is sad not, boy. This is a sad boy bed. Yeah, nobody made him bed. this. It reminds me a little of Callus at the end of the Callus and mm -hmm. Zeb episode, sitting yeah. in his bed alone. Except Crosshair doesn't even have a nice glowing rock. He's no got a tally. No one here beside and me. <laughs> There's no one here. I'm so alone. But and it's just it's not his fault. And I feel it really isn't. And I feel like we've gone on and on about the tragedy of the clones. And I feel like we're getting an even more extreme view of it now mm -hmm. through Crosshair and everything else. But anyway, Omega keeps reminding us in case we forget. Questions, concerns about this episode. That's the end of the road here. Crosshair and Omega, thankfully, in separate rooms, separate beds. Omega happy, Crosshair not. Caitlin and Bush, any other takes on this episode? No, I'm just really concerned about Wrecker. Mm. I'm concerned I'm about very, Wrecker. I'm, yeah. very, I'm very scared for him. Hunter, Hunter is still my, my favorite member of the Bad Batch, though, as we continue. I know that that will shift to Omega, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very scared for Wrecker. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Were you satisfied by this episode of television? I, I thought it was great. I had a good time. I had a very good time. Sure. Okay. Okay. Matt Romano, uh, is your primary concern also Wrecker's head and or, uh, or is it anything else? Uh, yeah, definitely concerned about Wrecker um, and, and the chips. Just the, the, the chips are, uh, are definitely a big question mark. I think In general. To, uh, for a lighter note on the episode, I, I really want to see more of the gonk droid and I think we're going to get it. Um <laughs> 
That's right. I'm going this way. This is the thing. I know exactly. I'm going. That's where I'm going. Every time I think you're gonna zag, you kablark. (laughs) (laughs) But but Hunter picks up the gonk droid. That's right. Uh, Like when they after they crash, you know. I feel like he's part of the crew, and we're gonna get a gonk episode. There's gonna be a gonk episode in here. People have noted that this is one of the first shows without a sassy droid. Yeah, that's right. Had R two. Rebels had. We had a Z there for a, a hot second that I kind of figured. Sec. I thought he was going to be the sassy droid of the show. Yeah. yeah. Even Resistance yep. had both BB-8 and Bucket, and another Bucket never really took off, did he? Uh, but yeah. But, but but they need a droid, I, you know. And I think like the Gong droid is in the background now. But I think there's there we're we're betting on an episode where he's going to save the day or something. I don't know. Matt, this is great. Well, first off, I think they should give him a give this gonk droid a name. He's going to be <laughs> yeah. a member of the team, yeah. Gary. But yeah. you, you think I don't, I don't I don't like that name, Gary Gonk. Give Gary me another name. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like that. What else no, that's have? all. That's all I'm referring to him oh. now is Gary. No, no, <laughs> don't like no. Gary. Rejected. The council is rejecting it. <laughs> all right, you tell us, listeners. What is the gonk droid's name? Yeah. Uh, but that's going to be the sassy companion for the first time. A gonk droid's going to step up and be a main character in a Star exactly. Wars series. Are you willing to bet your life on it, Matt? I'm going to bet my life on it. It's such a felony thing to do. He's going to make the gonk droid like a big deal. Like, he's going to yeah. he's going to make him a big deal. There's only thing. There's only one thing left for you to do because that sounds like a hot take to me. So, ooh, you sound it, baby. Yes, yeah. There we go. Wild. Gonk droid, the main mm. show. Caitlin and I are actually concerned about the the characters and and the drama (laughs) and conscripts and everything else. R.I.P. E.S. One. With that, we're going to go. Oh, and I forgot, Matt, before before we go, were were you satisfied by this episode of television? Oh, no, no, I absolutely was. I mean, it's fantastic. I forget you're watching a cartoon like this is some heavy stuff and crosshairs and very deep stuff. That's a good point. Heavy. Well, you always call it a cartoon. It's an animated series. Animated series. (laughs) But sometimes there's just all this emotion and you're looking at <laughs> the graphic novel—they're my books. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't—I don't give a cork and criff what you call it. It's just always—it's like for oh, for a cartoon, it's very deep. No. Um, is that what Matt you did? Like? It's, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've heard of sometimes. my parents. Like, yeah, pitches that was pitch anyway. Perfect. I got my math for the long way round. Anyway, with that, we're gonna go to break. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. Don't turn us off. We're back, and now it's time for some galactic points of interest. Good news has come to the citizens of Lothal. Coming from Marvel on May 19th is Bounty Hunters number 12, which will continue the rise of the Bounty Hunters action. This crossover event has already begun, first in the standalone title, and then in Star Wars number 13, which I forgot to mention last week. And they've already have, they have, a, you know, they always do uh, variant covers. One of my favorite things they do is for a lot of these, they, they do one that's the front of a vintage figure. Ah, yeah. This is the War of the Bounty oh, Hunters yeah. one. I, I, I finally made a trip to not my local little comic book shop, but one that's I can go to. And it looks like a vintage figure, except there's no figure. It's just a complete it's with a price gorgeous. tag that's also part of it. It's um, very pretty. I saw that. I'm like, well, I have to buy that. So there's a lot of different variants or whatever that I'll just put on the shelf, and they're just fun. But both are really good reads. Coming on May 19th from IDW also is Star Wars Adventures number five. Not 
High Republic adventures. This is just the regular ongoing Star Wars adventures, which is a lot of fun. In terms of books, comics, and the High Republic, we'll most likely get into some incoming projects next week. Because, guys, it's almost time for Phase 2 of the High Republic. Ooh, it's going to start in earnest. Oh, yeah, boy. It's coming, and it's coming to kill you. And <laughs> I mean, I've got the catch up to do. It's going to be something. Up. So we're going to go Same. through all, probably next week, we're going to go through all the titles, all the authors are, potential order and listeners because more than one uh, listener has asked me this will go back over the reading order of the books we already have so i think we're all excited about that absolutely yeah caitlin's just right big calendar if you guys could see it writing it on the on the wall yeah not even a calendar i just on the bare wall right behind me yeah so anyway everybody get everybody's really talking about that happening (laughs) next week but for right now let's do a quick installment of business time Because we haven't recorded our commercial for it yet, I'll just throw in a quick plug for returnofthepod.store, the merchandising sensation that is just sweeping the internet, isn't it? Guys? Oh, yeah, just yeah. blowing up the World Wide Web. If you ever wanted a fanny pack with the name of this podcast on it, then go check it out and please post photos and tag us. We love seeing merch, merch, merch in the wild. Uh, but now we're not. That's all I'm going to say about that. We just got to get that in there because it's <laughs> just good business. Good business. Now I'm going to throw it over to the captain who has a special social media announcement, which is just good business. So, Cap, over to you. Hit us. What's the good business? Thank you, Brian. We're going to make it real quick, this good business. But we just want to announce that we, uh, after a while, and just I don't know why we we took so long to do it, but we are going to establish a, a home on Facebook for Return of the Pod. Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. I mean, we got the Instagram at Return what? of the Pod. We've got the YouTube at Return of the Pod. We've got Twitter at Return of the Pod. And now we have Facebook at Return of the Pod. You're so. adding another one? We're adding Facebook. People talk about this Facebook, you know? It's a, apparently a thing. You know, it's been a thing Zuckerberg for a while. Zuckerberg is trembling in his boots. <laughs> yeah, we're going to oh. we're gonna take the whole thing down. But uh, we're, What's we're, the, Sorry, yeah. I forgot my Prada flip-flops <laughs> and my duffel bag at the cleaners. <laughs> that's the line. But but I will mention that there has been a group on Facebook that's been going on for a while uh, that was a, a fan uh, page for the old show. Uh, which I popped my head in there for, I don't know why we waited so long to do that, but I popped my head in there uh, a few days ago and got to talk to a lot of Padawans and it was really awesome. So all those listening in, in that group uh, continue to have a great time in there. And if you got a second, pop over to the new page uh, where we'll be updating across all of the social handles and now Facebook as well. So that's the business time on social media. Well, thanks for the update, Matt. That was some good business. Team building exercise not tonight. Now, strap in. It has not gone unnoticed that this segment has been absent for two episodes in a row, but here we go. You're welcome, Savannah, who just pointed it out last night. <laughs> I was wondering if Matt's okay. That's I right. wanted again said, this is Matt's call when he does this. <laughs> nope, it has I'm nothing blinking. to do I'm with blinking. me, yeah. Savannah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. Anyway, you probably guessed it, but that's right. Captain's Corner. I haven't had my muffin yet, Matt. Hey! Whoa, man. It's like you pick up an instrument and you haven't played it in a while and you can still play beautiful, beautiful, sweet music. Look at that. Matt, I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Caitlin. Exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. It is a beautiful day here in the corner. We Like Brian, you just said, we haven't been in the corner uh, in a while, but it's uh, great to be here. How are you guys doing? You guys having a good time? I am having a great time. Oh, great time. Yeah, it's nice to be be back. Yeah. 
It's a beautiful day. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Spring is in full force. I mean, not necessarily here, because as you all will look to the windows on your left, Starbinger Planet is on a very damp kind of gross world. Right, yeah. right? It's like Dagobah yeah. meets uh, the force world of Corvus. Uh, kind of looking, looking down at it. Yeah. Um, it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little, anyway. It's really hot. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, uh, so what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today here in the corner, guys? Please tell us, Matt. I am so excited. See, let me get to it. So now usually you can expect a certain level of what I'll call enthusiastic indulgence in, uh, in all this. <gasps> All things Star Wars, right? That's usually what Captain's Corner is all about. We go deep into things that we love about Star Wars. And today we're going to focus that energy in a more informative matter and take a deep dive and a closer look at the one and only, the voice of the Bad Batch, an all-around voice acting legend, D. Bradley Baker. <gasps> yes! Uh, see? Uh. D. Bradley Baker! Oh, hey, I am D. Bradley Baker. I'm a voice actor. <laughs> Beautiful. See, his name just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? D. Mm. Bradley Baker. D. Love Bradley Baker. What is the good word, Matt? So anyway, but yeah. before I, I, I really dive into this, we got to give a quick shout out to Padawan listener Warren Anderson, who goes uh, at Warren G. Anders on Twitter, who shouted us out on Twitter asking for this segment, um, which was really funny because I'm a huge animation fan, always have been, have been fascinated with the voice acting, voice actors. You like the you like the cartoons. <laughs> I love the cartoons. I love the yeah. cartoons. See, I love the, the craft of everything, Brian, the animation. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you're you're a big admirer of that when it's done really well. It's something that not a lot of people can do, and, and you admire that. Exactly. Right? I mean, cartoons are a dime a dozen, but, like, how many really stand out as, like, you know, true right. masterpieces? And, and, and often yeah. that, you know, that quality comes from the voice acting and the quality of the voice acting. And somebody like D. Bradley Baker, well, he's just an absolute legend in this profession all the awards all of them all of them so anyway let's uh let's just talk a little bit about d bradley baker so he was born in bloomington indiana in 1962 and grew up in greeley colorado uh growing up he was in all kinds of sci-fi including uh of course star wars but also star trek and planet of the apes he was also very much into nature growing up he loved fishing animals insects which is very important to the story here uh because we'll get back to this in a second but he loved animals growing up he was very interested in it and as he grew up, he quickly learned that he loved performing and playing characters. There's a video on YouTube where uh, he did a, a lunch and learn at Columbia College in Hollywood. And in it, he tells a story about as a kid, he would record his voice on a cassette player. And then he would experiment with all these different voices, uh, even recording with half dead batteries versus mm -hmm. full batteries um, in this creative way of uh, trying to modulate his voice and see, you know, what he could do. And he was doing this as a kid. Um, very cool. You know, which, very creative. Very creative. Which a lot of us. He you know, sounds like he, he sounds like he would have fit in with with kid you, Matt and Brian. Oh, absolutely right, Brian. He, we would have been. Yeah, he'd be in the we, basement. We would have been there. It's, yeah, he'd be with us with the Legos, <laughs> and and he'd be the successful one. It, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Because as we'll get on, he's. He's very good at what he does. Uh, so anyway. And, we, and, and we're and, this. And we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, uh, but all this to say, uh, he, he had the itch when he was very young. So uh, in college, he continued his pursuits. He joined an improv group, um, which is probably a really great way to develop as a performer. I mean, I'm not an actor. Um, dabbled a little bit in, you know, middle school theater, but that's another story for another day. Well. Um, but Brian, you know, you come from this, from this world is improv, you know, is that a way to really tone your craft? Would you say? Yeah. Um, that's when I first started, uh, being started having any kind of training with acting, it was in improvisation. 
and it's formed a basis. And I'd say in learning just not even improv exercises or whatever, but the tenets of, of, of taking down sensor, your sensors and mm-hmm. status and spontaneity. Those are things every actor would benefit from no matter what, what kind of acting you're doing. And just trying out characters. I'd imagine too, in a live audience, yeah. you can see what and works. All, and also works. it's just fun. It, now, now, Watch going to watch an improv show, you know, not that, not yeah. like that kind of thing. But it's like, as as part of acting class or whatever else, it's invaluable. <laughs> I, I still use use a lot of those tools, and you can see how well it serves. <laughs> well, look at this show. I mean, the whole thing, improv. Yeah, the, the results speak for themselves. No, no. In all honesty, I think I think it's um I, I think it's a a skill every actor should have in their in their box. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Well, he definitely, uh, you know, took that skill. And after college, he uh, this is not from me. This is from him. Apparently, he graduated college with zero ambition, um, which <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people might relate to. But he's very honest about this. Um, but he did continue to perform. He did uh, some local kids theater where apparently he met his wife, which is such a cute story uh, very early oh. on. So uh, married a uh, love his life at children's theater shop. Very nice. Oh, um, he was a performer at Disney World and Universal Studios in Orlando, and apparently he would have to be like all squeaky clean at Disney, and then he would have to a lot of fun dropping that whole persona for Universal Studios, where he played Beetlejuice, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. And also, side note, just mind blown here. All right, so he was apparently Beetlejuice uh, around 1990. And I took my first trip to Universal Studios in 1990, and I'm almost you. positive I interacted with a street Beetlejuice, and I got to go check the old family photos, because if that was D. Bradley Baker, I'm going to lose my mind. That's some full circle stuff right yeah. there, man. Where, That's great. Where, I mean, whether or not your investigation proves that it is, I think you should just say I'm just going to tell everybody. Yes. Yeah, it's I knew like, D. Bradley look, Baker he was when he was positive. I have the photo. Yeah. It's over <laughs> there. You don't need to see it. No. On his way from Disney, he was blowing some rails on the way to Universal, <laughs> putting his Beetlejuice yeah. kit head on, and, I, and he ran into me. They're yeah. like, sir, that's no. a picture of Michael Keaton. And it's like, no. yeah, it's like, well, I also met him. <laughs> I met him, too, on the Batman ride. Yeah. So anyway, it's a, it a big it's a big day at Universal. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's just uh, amazing. And uh, I'm going to definitely follow up. And if, if that's true. And like you said, Brian, lie if it's not. Um, but uh, moving yeah. on, he eventually got his big break. Uh, and personally, for me, this is the big, big break, in my opinion. Uh, in 1993, he scored his first major role as the announcer and voice of Olmec on Nickelodeon's Legends of the Hidden Temple. Long ago, an Englishman went to Egypt to study archaeology. Right, that was him. Crazy. So, Caitlin, we were just talking about this last week, sharing our collective love for all things Nicktoons. Were you a Temple fan? Was uh, this this a little before your time? Nah. It was a little bit before my time. Uh, I had yeah. older Figured. cousins who were into it, but it was not my vibe. Figured. It, it, it's important to, uh, I think, a certain uh, age group of people. Brian, were, were you Absolutely. into Legends of the Hidden Temple? And also, uh, wait, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add, uh, they're, they're rebooting this show uh, for yeah. adults. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a fan of the show? And will you uh, send in a tape with me and try to be my partner to compete on this show? Oh, I, don't no. know, I don't know if I was a... Well, yes, obviously, okay, to okay. the second one, terrified. yes, if you want to do that, because we're obviously too old for Jedi Temple Challenge if they ever bring that back. Exactly. But yeah. in terms of, it's, I can't say I'm a fan of the show. I watched it enough. It's not an easy show to be a fan of, because it's really stressful to watch. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I maybe, in all the times I watched it, I, re, I remember nobody ever winning. 
It's like they never won. No, no, they right? got to put together like that silver they, monkey at the end. It's very, very they difficult. They never yep. made it. And a lot of them, a lot, many episodes, they don't even come close. <laughs> no. I'm like, you don't even have one piece of this thing. No, and they would just taunt them. You don't get anything. You don't get the bike. You don't get the cassette player. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, here's everything you just lost. And it's it wasn't like Double Dare, which is like kind of one, they win, the other, they don't. It's They never won this one. Exactly. And it was screaming at the television is another one of these, which I still do. But yeah, it, it was a stressful show. Stressful so show. putting adults on it, hopefully liquored up a little bit. That's going to be two tons of fun. I'm going to watch that. That's good. Television. Is he still yeah. the voice, though? I hope he's still the well, voice. Well, he's got to be, right? I mean, like, they, yeah. I don't think they've I mean, announced that yet, but it'd be kind of dumb on their part not to. Olmec's the heart of the show, yeah. and he's the heart of Olmec. So come on. Yeah, exactly. And as we're going to get to in a second, like, D. Bradley Baker is no stranger to Nickelodeon uh, further on in his career. But anyway, uh, I want to point out right away, too, that D isn't your average voice actor. So sure, there are plenty of performers who have incredible range and can do all kinds of human characters. But what really makes D special as a voice actor and what really made him stand out at the start of his career was his ability to do creature and animal voices. Yeah. Um, so going back before where I mentioned his childhood and he loved animals, that really proved to influence his talents as a voice actor here. Because using all his understanding of animals and the sounds they make, he discovered a way to control his voice like an instrument. Um, to replicate these animal sounds like growling, roaring, roaring, snarling, all that kind of stuff. And, ro- and roiling. And roiling. You know, that's a sound, right? Um, that's what it is. Um, but any, but I, I encourage you guys all to check out uh, videos of him at work in the booth because it's really something to see. He like holds his hands up to his nose and closes off valves in his face to just and contorts his mouth and body like, all these different ways. And it's pretty wild to see. But he makes these crazy, ridiculous sounds. <laughs> You usually it, you find out there's something like the Geonosian Queen or, or <laughs> yeah, something no, like that, exactly. or, or even Frog Lady. Most of the time, you look at the credits at the end of one of those episodes, and it's either D. Bradley Baker or Steve Bloom. Well, yeah, no, and, and they like, love or, or both, <laughs> <laughs> or both. And you love this type of voice actor if you're a director, because you know there's of course, like I said, everybody can. There's a lot of voice actors who can do human characters and all kinds of different types of uh, of people there. But to come in and be able to do an animal, especially on cue, it's not like they're bringing in a horse and, you know, recording a horse live. You know, you what? need somebody. Right, Caitlin? Can you believe this? Yeah. They got to have somebody come in and tell, be the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just tell any aspiring directors out there, don't do that. Because <laughs> don't make my mistakes. It is not worth it. You can never bring in a horse safely. Something's going to go down. But yeah, you're you're right, Matt. Someone like that's him's in demand because say, oh, we have all these clones and these animals. Well, D's still in the building. Yeah, utility player. It's like, and and it's good for him because probably that's another role. That's, you know, another, you know, more. It's it's good all around. He's like, sure, just add it to my, punch my card. Here you go. Here's a, here's a rat. Let's do it. (laughs) Here's a rat. Anyway. You want a rat? You want a Geno's and Queen? What what, what do you want? (laughs) I got you. So, so because of all that, like you said, Brian, you've probably heard him a thousand times in your favorite cartoons. And you didn't even realize it. Um, uh, yeah. For example, Caitlin, I don't know if you know this, but D voiced Appa and Momo in The Last Airbender. I did know that. Oh, uh, see, okay. I can't, very, very I can't cool. beat Caitlin. She's always That's on top. Perfect. He's so Appa's good. The, Appa's the big flying thing, right? Yep. He's the flying bison. Flying bison, okay, flying bison. Yes. not a yes. thing, bison. Yeah. Got yes. it, got it, yeah, yeah. So Dee's career continued to take off, and looking back at his body of work, it's absolutely insane, um, and we can keep going forever, but I'm just going to name a few. I'm just going to rattle off a few. Uh, so yeah. just like our good friend, Kath Susie, uh, as we mentioned last week, Dee was in Space Jam. Um, he voiced yes. Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck! Thank you! 
Thank you. And uh, the Tasmanian devil, naturally. Uh, he was uh, Klaus the fish from American Dad. Things are getting too spicy for the pepper. <laughs> One fun tidbit about Klaus. Apparently, they originally wanted that character to be French, uh, but Dee is actually... Uh, fluent in German, and he went in the audition and did the character in a German accent. The show loved it uh, so much that they changed it, and now the show's going on season 13 or 14 or something. Very Ridiculous. crazy. So it takes a lot of talent to walk in and be like, hey, guess what? You know, I'm, I'm going to do it this way, and you guys are going to like it. So then you have Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb, of course. Yes. Caitlin, that's yes. one of your favorite. I know. Yeah. Uh, number four from The Kids Next Door. Ooh. Because I kick butt this stupid head. Is that another fun one for you, Caitlin? I love Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, Codename. I got changed. I've never even heard Kids Next Door. Yeah, I didn't. I've never <laughs> even heard of that one. Yeah, that one passed me too. But I, I, people love it. People Is that love the, it. like Ariana Grande in that? <laughs> no. I don't think so. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> something she'd be so. in. <laughs> um, speaking of things Ariana Grande would be in, Adventure Time. Uh, he was a cinnamon bun on Adventure Time. <gasps> Please, Finn, if you're going to hug me again, don't make it as hard as you hugged me last night. I love Cinnamon Bun. Cinnamon Bun is fantastic. I didn't know that one, but I, I loved that one. Um, and then- I have, I have seen that one. Adventure Time is fantastic. Fantastic. Can't go wrong. And then might be one of my favorite D. Bradley Baker voices. I mean, voices. All of them. The insane and wonderful work he did on SpongeBob SquarePants. They, 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 this goes on forever, but here's some favorites. Old Man Jenkins. Respect your elders. Perch Perkins, Action News. Frozen. Krabby Patties. You know them, you love them. Copfish, the copfish. Oh, oh my God. Always hilarious. Have you seen this man? <gasps> and so many more. So many more. And I will say my favorite one is he actually voices Squilliam Fancy Son. <laughs> Great job, SpongeBob. You even captured his smell. The scent of failure. Oh, Squidward Tentacles yes. rival. <laughs> and he is first introduced in one of the most iconic SpongeBob SquarePants uh, episodes of all time, which is Band Geeks. Oh. And they go and play the Super Bowl. Yes. And it's just, it's absolutely wonderful. He has a unibrow, which uh, Squidward is incredibly jealous of. Uh, that's absolutely a classic one. That's when they're in the little dome, right? Like the little. Exactly. Oh and they have this like rock out concert. Yep. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. See, I mean, the list goes on and on, goes on and on. Um, but guys, I didn't even like scratch the surface. He's also done a ton of video game work. Uh, he's been in Gears of War, Halo. He even voiced uh, Ra's al Ghul in Batman uh, Arkham City. Welcome. Detective, it is time for your final challenge. Yes. Crazy turn. Raz, Raz. Now, there's someone here, Matt, you must meet. <laughs> Am I pronouncing this right? Mr. Raz Al Ghul. You're not Raz Al Ghul. I killed him. Or something like but that. But isn't yeah. Raz Al Ghul immortal? There you go. His... <laughs> <laughs> well, you it landed. Yeah, that, that works. It's a walk-off. <laughs> it's a walk-off. So... For all his work on Star Wars and all that and so much more, Dee Bradley Baker is certainly a voice acting legend. And we look forward to hopefully years and years uh, more of his fantastic work across all these amazing properties we love. And that's it on Dee Bradley Ooh. Baker, guys. Isn't that nice? Uh, you guys, any final thoughts on Dee Bradley Baker? I mean, he's he's phenomenal. phenomenal. No new ones. He's amazing. An inspiration. Yeah. Love him. One of the best. So, Dee, if you're yeah. out there, come on the show. Talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> Open invitation. <laughs> Open invitation. We're fans. And that'll do it for this week's cat 
Captain's Corner. That was my D. Bradley Baker. Thank you. That was gorgeous. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Speaking of being obsessed with animals, <laughs> with that, I'm going to throw it to the Jedi Master for our next segment. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and now it's time for Caitlin's Word of the Week. The Word of the Week is Wrecker. Good job, Caitlin. She seems to be on top of things. Oh, that hurts. And that's going to take us into real talk. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. Some really nice reviews lately on Apple Podcasts and some, again, from longtime listeners who are still finding out that we're back. Yes, this is amazing. It's a little, (gasps) little resurrection stories every week. Somebody finds out, oh, wait. The, the, those those idiots are back, and we're trying we're to find happy. them. We're trying to find them. I'm, yeah, so I'm glad we're they're doing us. I mean, yeah. Matt's even on f- going. We're going on Facebook. <laughs> going with Zuckerberg. Where's his jetpack? Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll even go to the dark web and try and spread it there. Who Ooh. knows? But we're always so happy to have you back, listeners. Like Cole eleven ninety two, who left a really nice review. So to mm. you and all of you who are just finding out that we're back, welcome back. If you've been here the whole time, you remain, as always, very welcome, and we hope you stay. We Indeed. understand if you don't, but, you know, come on, cozy yeah, on up. It's a planet. Over. There's room for everybody. There's room for everyone. In now, the idiot on Twitter, box. In the idiot box. <laughs> That's exactly that's and that's what they call us in some countries. That's what it translate Return yep. of the Pod translates to in Czech, I believe. Now on Twitter, Jeff Miller pointed out something that could be involved for the arc of Kenobi, whether they use it in that series or not. I, I'm I'm not sure, but it is one thing I am sure of. It is cool. Mm. So that's really all that matters. Mm. And this is probably not a, a new thing. I, th- I wonder, you guys have probably already thought of this. But I was like, it was one of those slap my head moments. Like, you idiot. You've never thought of this before? So really, thank you to Jeff for pointing this out. He reposted a meme that was reposted by somebody by somebody else. It was like one of those memes that reposted about three times. Came from depressed Darth, mm-hmm. who shed a tear over this. I have no idea who made the original meme. But whoever you are, it's really great. Uh, and again, people have already noticed this, but the post is a photo of old Ben on the Death Star looking over. It's right before when he sees them going onto the Falcon, right before he turns back and gives that smile. You know that mm. smile? Oh, um, yeah. Right before that. Yeah. And next to that photo is an image of young Obi-Wan holding twins with Padme right before she dies. Right before Padme Amidala dies. Mm. Uh, and then below that image is old Ben seeing is what he's looking at. It's Luke and Leia running up to the Falcon. And yeah. the text is, did you ever think about how the last thing Obi-Wan sees is Luke and Leia finally reunited after 19 years? Thanks. And- I really needed that today. Oof. I mean, but then he turns, he sees that, them reunited, he turns back and he smiles because yeah. he knows his work is done. He knows he has every, he's done everything he needs to do. And the line is safe. It's not, it's not up to him anymore. And, and it's okay. It's, yeah, I, I really needed that emotionally. Did, had today. that ever occurred to you? No, this blew my mind. No. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the go at mind blown. Yeah. I just really loved it, and I've never considered it like that, and I will never look at that look from him or his smile back in A New Hope the same way again, because nope. I've always thought, oh, he's seeing Luke, he knows the Force is secure, but he knows Leia, he There's knows so where she part. went, mm-hmm. he's like, and he says the hologram, she needs your help, Luke, it's, it's, 
She knows who she is. She's like, that's your sister. I'm not going to tell you yet, but don't kiss <laughs> her in the out. next movie. Don't it's by the way, her. you know, you certainly shouldn't make out with her before you swing across the chasm. Anyway, no reason. <laughs> um, so, but he knows so much and he's not letting on. So he sees that it's stuff that is retroactively awesome. But now that we have all of this, it's just so cool to think about. I love that. So Jeff, thank you for pointing out the repost of a repost of a repost. Whoever thought of that. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah. I'm like, like yeah of course it's right you there yeah, it's right there for you come you on think you're gonna be the next d bradley baker you're not <laughs> not if you miss kenobi stuff like this come on <laughs> anyway with that we're gonna kill this episode for not following Ooh. orders we're gonna shoot it right in the face but join us next week where we'll continue coverage of star wars the bad batch they call themselves the Bad Batch. And so much more. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Return of the Pod. You can also find us directly, Caitlin M. Bush. You can be found where? I can be found at, at Caitlin M. Bush. That is C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M. Bush like the beer, not like the presidents. Matt Romano! You could be found where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could find me at, at Matt Romano, M-A-T-T-R-O-M-A-N-O on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Oh, boy. And I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Brian Silliman. That's at B-R-I-A-N-S as in Sky Guy, I-L-L-I-M-A-N. Stretch out your feelings and share your thoughts. We love hearing from you. Subscribe, leave a comment, and give five stars if you're feeling generous. Buy stuff. Snoke them if you got them. Take a cheevy. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. This is the way we have spoken many boats the force will be with you always be the spot